Let's just take a moment and pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you are here and in the midst of us. Father, we ask that um, we just continue to allow you to be revealed to us in some new way today, that your word would get in our hearts, would transform our minds, and lead us in a direction that we should go in a deeper relationship with you. Transform us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Lent has begun, and um, how many needed confession this morning because you've already failed and it's only been three or four days? I'm so happy about God's grace. And uh, often we get to this time uh, of the year, which is one of my favorite seasons in the church, and I'm more inclined to teach the church how to add something into your life than so much taking something away. Because if you add more of Jesus into your life, it'll burn away those things that you need to give up. And uh, um, they will not win. They will not tarry. But he will. And uh, that we do both. That we separate that time and that we're pressing into that relationship that we're having a holy Lent as we come together over these next 40 days. Well, that led us uh, praying about during Lent, what can we do? And we're starting today on a sermon series called 40 Days of Community. And why is that so important? And, and why does that matter so much? And why um, is it something that we need to pay attention to? Because I think that uh, it's the lack of community and the lack of understanding what community means and what Jesus interprets community to be is uh, the decline of those who are coming to church and gathering in those relationships. And that we've got to learn more about what Scripture has to say about being a community and what that looks like. And the Lord gave us a vision um, um, about the church and that the church was called to go outside the four walls of the building. That we weren't just locked into this place, but called to go back out, back into our communities. Now, all of us, especially living uh, even in, in, in Queens and Brooklyn, uh, all throughout Long Island, we're divided or identify where, where we, who we are by where we live in many ways. That you say where you're from. And we have townships and villages and areas that, that we all live. And we say we're from that place. And that's our community. And our kids are enrolled in school there, and we have different things, and different things are happening at different times within our communities, and we identify with that. And in September, we launched really a vision the Lord gave us for the church to mobilize our church into communities in Christ, that we were going we to come together, and the importance of what that was and what that would look like. And that has begun and that has started. But really I want to talk over these next five weeks the importance of community and what we're going to learn as a result of it and why the Lord called us to do that. You see, the gospel teaches us that Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God is at hand and he sets out to create a kingdom community. And we're going to see throughout the scriptures of Jesus as he's being led to the cross over these next weeks. But, but he, he preached this message and he taught on the kingdom of God. And what he was creating was a kingdom community. The kingdom of God is actually this new world order under the rule and reign of God. 
He creates and establishes this new world order. Jesus preaches the kingdom of God. He sets out and he's creating this kingdom community. And it becomes at that time a new world order. And that new world order is under the reign of God. That Jesus came to set that in motion, set that in place. And what we know as a result of that, that the world is forever changed. That things that are being brought up are being torn down. And what that means is things that the world, the, the man can try to reach God but, but, but by their own efforts, but they will not find him that way. But that he creates this kingdom. And his kingdom understanding and, and things that man has made will be torn down and his kingdom shall rule and reign forever. And, and, he, and he's establishing this. And you've got to understand there's this old covenant and Jewish people who, who have gathered and, and have understood their faith and lived out a, a life under the law. And there's this old covenant. And at the time, Jesus comes and he begins to preach unlike anyone ever preached. And he begins to create this new kingdom, this new community that he gathers together, that he's establishing a new covenant with his people. And if you remember John 2.19, it says this in the scripture, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And they thought that was crazy. It took 40-something years, you know, to build this temple. What on earth are you talking about? The new temple was Jesus. And he would establish a new family, one body in him. That that was being established and there's a word that we describe that we get through scripture, and it's ecclesia. And ecclesia describes what, what the church means, but it really is a definition. I think we need to understand when we think church, we think building, don't we? If we need more space, we say we need a bigger church. And, and we associate that. But when he was establishing, was different. And ecclesia that he was establishing means this is a body of faithful people who are being called out. So this is what it is. He was establishing people were lost in the world, and he was bringing them from the world into a relationship with him. And the way to the Father would be through a relationship with Christ. And he was gathering them together. He was establishing this new world order. And then he was going to begin to send them out back into the world. See, this kind of biblical community becomes the very foundation and fabric of what the church is to be. Here's what the church is to be. The church is the hope for the world. Amen. So is a building the hope for the world? No. No. It's the people of one faith that come together, that, that the world does not have the solution to the problem you're facing, but the king does. And, and, and he's come to establish that. And those who are hopeless right now, he's called forth his church to come together because his church is the hope for the world. A community of people in one faith, they're called out for a purpose and a mission. So he pulls them from the world, calls them to himself of, uh, uh, in this relationship, then he sends them out. And as he calls them to himself, he begins to send them out. 
It's the very foundation. It's a fabric of what the churches be. Is the community. This community comes together. And, 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 and he establishes that. And the goal of that community coming together has a purpose, has a mission. It's to bring others into this new world order to be in a community in Christ. That's, that's his plan. And we're called from this place. So if we're going to look at 40 days of community and what does that mean, the first thing it means is that we grow together as a community. We grow together. Growing together is this. It is God-ordained principle that all living things grow. That's a God-ordained principle. Here's what I want you to do. When you leave today, go outside and yell at the tree and tell it to stop growing. (laughs) Stop it! Try to will that thing to stop growing. Now, you can't cheat. You can't use poison or an axe or a chainsaw. I did it, Father Brad. I knocked it down. You said, no. It's, it's God-ordained principle that these living things grow. Try to tell your baby when it's born, stop growing. Stop it. I used to say it to my kids when they would lay down, and they started to feel really bad because they were growing. I'm like, stop growing up so fast, you know? Like, I can't help it. God-ordained principle, living things grow, Dad. Just happens. And, and here's what it is. God's word is a seed sown into our heart, and that is cultivated, and it's called to produce fruit and a harvest. That's, it's, it's called to produce. It's, it, it's something that's sown into our life. That seed uh, is sown into our heart, and then it's cultivated. And it's cultivated with with us coming together, one another. And the living organism grows only if it's healthy. So we do the sowing, and God does the what? Growing. That our job is just to sow. If you have a garden outside, and, and spring's coming, and you go out and you, you plant those seeds, you might add water. That's about the best you can do to add to it. He's the one that's going to command it to grow or not under his rule, his natural order to bring, but he, he says, you sow the seed and watch what I can do. You sow that seed and I'll bring forth the, gro- the growth. And his hope for us is that seed that's sown in us that each one of us grows as this righteous oak tree with, with roots that are, are deep and settled in rich soil, so big and so great for what he wants to do in each of us for his purpose and his plan. And matter of fact, that those roots are not my own roots, but they're my roots that are connected to your roots, and your roots connected to my roots. And that it's one, and, and one so big and so mighty that birds of the air could rest on it. And he calls us together to this place that, that we're called to grow together. That seed is sown in our lives. And we read in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11, and we have this temptation of Jesus. And it's right after Jesus' baptism, the Spirit leads him into the desert, and he goes off and he begins to pray. And in that process, the enemy comes and the enemy is trying to, to rob the very thing that God sent his son to do. And he comes and he's trying to destroy God's plan. But Jesus, because he had the word in his heart, was able to refute the temptations of Satan. Because he had that living word in his heart. That he, he combated the things the enemy tried to bring to him to, to Divert him from the plan the Father had with the living word. Because this is it. The living word is truth. And truth extinguishes the flaming arrows of the enemy. 
And we have to get that truth in our life, and we can't compromise truth. We know there's freedom as a result of knowing that truth. So it's that seed. It's that same word. And 1 John puts it like this in 2.16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world. Jesus knew that we were going to be constantly tempted by these things. He knew that he would have to be the one to have victory over those very things. And, and, and it's still today, each day, that we're going to deal with those three areas. Uh, in our humanity, we're going to deal with hedonism, we're going to deal with materialism, and we're going to deal with egoism. And those are the things that have to be combated in our lives as, as we're called into this fellowship and relationship with him. To combat those temptations, it's going to take faith, hope, and love. Faith in the truth of his word, hope in what we, what's yet to come and an eternal life, and love that remains unconditional. So faith, hope, and love is not lived out in isolation. Faith, hope, and love is lived out in community. That's, that's where we discover the depth of faith, hope, and love. It's lived out in community. And here's how I'll tell you why. That Jesus came, and when he called the apostles to himself, he did not have to do that. He was God. He didn't need us. He could, have, he could have done it any way he wanted to, but because he created us and he loves us and desires a relationship with us, he's empowered us. And he, he called those 12 to himself and became his apostles. And then others gathered and he had the 70. And then he sends the 70 out. Does he send the 70 out alone? No, he sends them out in two. That, that there was something about that relationship and, and he sent them out in pairs of two. And, and, and he sent them out with power. And there was power as a result of that unity of one another. Because he wants us to grow together in our faith through community. That's where he wants us to grow in our faith. That we're going to grow together as a result of being in community. See, we, we've never been more connected as a society. Yet isolated at the same time. We've never been, we've never had the kind of communication that we have right now in this day is, is, is unreal. And that, that communication that we have, you have more power in your cell phone than they did putting the first man on the moon. You do. And that we have these means of communication and, and these means of being connected, yet we're so connected, yet so isolated at the same time time. So much so that the UK has appointed Tracy Croucher as the first minister of loneliness. That there's, that there's a crisis in the UK right now because people are so lonely and isolated. And, and they, they had to appoint someone who's going to begin to deal with that loneliness and here, wouldn't you believe that it would be the enemy's plan to keep us isolated, not God's? Here, Lord develops his means of community, of calling us one to another and calling us together and that we're going to grow together as a result of that. Yet, yet, here's a time we've never been more connected than we've been right now in this day and age. Yet, yet loneliness and isolation is on the rise. Something's wrong. The enemy wants to come and he wants to destroy family. 
He wants to come and destroy us through that isolation. Here's what happens with isolation. Isolation causes depression, illness, a short lifespan, and turns into desperation. Isolation, when we're desperate, gives room for the enemy to prevent us from growing in the relationship the Lord has for us with him and with one another. That's what it does. And there were those who were isolated in the scripture that we read about. And as a result of, of that isolation, we see what occurred. Eve was alone when she ate the fruit. Noah was alone in the tent when he was naked and drunk. David was alone when he watched Bathsheba. And Judas was alone when he betrayed Jesus. They were alone. But the scripture teaches us that we're not called to be alone, but we're called to come together. It teaches us about community. So much so that in the New Testament, it mentions one another 59 times. 59 times it mentions how much we need one another. So you're going to help me with this, okay? <laughs> Scripture tells us we're called to love. We're called to serve. We're called to accept. We're called to instruct. We're called to greet. We're called to be patient. We're called to be kind. We're called to be compassion. We're called to be forgiving. That's as far as I was going. I was going to do all 59. <laughs> Whew, thanks, Father Brett. But hopefully we get that point. It's about the one another. That, that, that he's called together the one another, not to be alone. See, the body of Christ is made up of the one another's. And the one another's are the community in Christ. And as a community in Christ, we grow stronger together because we're not alone. That we're not allowing that isolation, that loneliness to take place because we have one another. 1 Corinthians 12, I'm sorry, I skipped a verse. Let me go back. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 10. Two are better than because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But here's the warning. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. The Lord reminds us we need one another, that community that we're called, and that body of Christ makes up who we are as a result of that community with one another, and that we grow together, not apart. 1 Corinthians, it goes on, it says this in chapter 12, uh, verse 12 through 14. For as a body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many that, that together we're made up of this body and one spirit that we're called together. Jesus establishes a new kind of family, a kingdom community, a community in Christ made up of all different walks of life coming together for the same purpose. Scripture told us it doesn't matter Jew or Greek, slave or free, black, white, brown. It doesn't matter that, that Jesus is the great equalizer. 
and he reestablishes family, and he creates a family of God. And he, and he does it by creating community that we come together in this new world order that he established. And he teaches us that we grow together and we desperately need one another to continue to grow and be the body of Christ. That we can't do it alone. That I'm going to max out of what I can do on my own. Of how much I can grow in the faith on my own. Because Jesus taught his disciples that they grow together. That they need one another. And that I need to be part of that community. I need to be part of a place where I can grow. That they'll love me and accept me exactly where I am. Where I can find faith, hope, and love in others. That I need to be part of that where the world's rejected me. Or I've been so enticed by the world that I'm lost. And I need a new place where I can be found. That's in the community in Christ. That's for those who come together. See, look, we're called to grow together. I love when I get an opportunity and I do pre-caner and there's a new young couple getting married and I tell them all these things that they really need to know and they don't even listen. Because <laughs> they're in love. And they're smarter than me. They've figured it all out already at 20-something years old. Well, here's the deal. July, I'll be married 27 years. I got something to say about marriage. I'm a veteran. I've put some time in. I've put some work in. And just like them, the first year, I thought I had it all figured out. And I realized, holy cow, I'm living with someone else. I might have to change some things. <laughs> it it kind of broke something in my selfishness and isolation and, uh, and, and those things. And realized, wow, I, I might have to learn something about sharing. Learn something about this one another. That I set out in marriage and, and I said, you know, all I got to do is change her and she'll be just like me. <laughs> that took 11 years. <laughs> and I still haven't figured it out. But I'm so grateful to be in a covenant of marriage in a relationship where we can grow together. Because as we come together, I know that, that she is in Christ and that I grow as a result of her and her relationship with him and that I'm stronger as uh, I, I, I grow in that relationship and what he does in and through her life because I see Christ in her and I hope she sees Christ in me. And I realize that it's together we've grown stronger and overcome and what we've been able to do and God said that it wasn't good for man to be alone. That, that, and, and, and that we need one another. And, and that's why community is so important. And that's why if we're going to grow and be those mighty oak trees, we need one another. And that we can't grow alone, but we need to grow together. We need to get that word deep down in our heart, that truth, and let that be the seed so we can grow. And then fan that seed that, that into one another, that encouragement in one another. And over these next 40 days of Lent, I would hope you would join me with making a commitment so that we can begin to grow together. I hope that you would join me. Whatever you're doing for Lent is great, is awesome. But as a community, what if we did something together? You were given a bulletin in your bulletin or three questions that you could start with a meal once a week as a family. Isn't that crazy? Let's have a meal together. Let's eat together. 
Have a meal and look at those three questions and begin to have a conversation together so you can grow together over those three questions and, and begin to discuss them. We've emailed out on um, Saturday was a PDF attached to a 40 days banner that if you click on the banner, it leads you to the website, the PDF's there. And that PDF is an outline of how you can make your home a community in Christ. That you begin to sow the seed there because my vision is that every person that's represented here or representing a community, we would have a community in Christ there. That we would bring the church back outside the four walls. And there was a PDF that was there that you can uh, download, that you could print out. There are some at the Welcome Center if you want to grab one. And it's the format that we put together for Communities in Christ. But I want to see every household participate. I want us to come together as a community. And it's simple, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, that you can begin to participate in that and declare your home a community in Christ and that you begin to pray with one another, you begin to fellowship with one another, and then you look for an opportunity that God will make so that we can serve one another and serve those around us. And that we begin to do that once a week through Lent and see what the Lord, and I want to hear the testimonies and, and what the Lord has been doing as a result of us doing that, of setting time apart, of making room for God to work in that way. But even greater, how much we're growing together as a result of that relationship with one another. That I see Christ in you and that you see Christ in me. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've, knitted us together, Lord, and you call us to bring forth that growth through a relationship and that we grow stronger in that relationship with you and with one another. So I pray, Lord, right now that we would understand a new depth of your love and how to do that and how to live that out and how to walk that out. I pray right now for those just, Lord, for all of us to make room in our lives for more of you and less of the world to make time in our schedules, Lord, that we would make that the first time, not the last time, so that we could be with you and grow. So make a way, Lord. We desire more of you in our lives. And we desire to reach those around us to become part of your kingdom community. So use us, we pray, Lord. Now, if you're here this morning and you don't have that hope because you don't have that relationship, and we read in Romans about that grace, this free gift that's given to all those who will receive it. And Jesus extends that, that he brings forgiveness uh, regardless of our sin. But we have to make the decision to receive the grace. And we have to ask him into our lives in that way and say, Lord, um, thank you. I know what you've done for me and I'm turning from that way and I want to come into that community in you and, and be in that new kingdom community, that relationship. But you have to make a decision to allow him in your life that way. And, and there's a celebration that occurs in that relationship. And it says all of heaven rejoices when we make that decision to follow after him. He gives us this, by grace, we come to this place, but he also promises us an eternal life with him. That's the hope. And if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord that way, I want to give you an opportunity to know him. That you could walk out in faith, hope, and love in a way that you never knew that you could and be in that relationship with him and be part of the family of God. And if you're here this morning and you don't know him and want to pray to know him, I want to pray with you right now. So if you want to pray with me, raise your hand and we'll pray together and we'll ask the Lord into your life that way. Want to pray with me, guys? Come on up. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else that wants to come? Let's close our eyes and Pray for those around us and for our family members, our siblings, our loved ones, our spouses. How you doing? I am burning.
Bernie, welcome, nice man. To nice to meet you. Let's pray together. We're just going to pray a prayer and ask the Lord in our lives and just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I open the door of my heart. I open the door of my heart. And I ask you to come in. I ask you to come in. Take control of my life. Take control of my life. And make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen